0: Welcome to the Don Pravda and Erica Gray Show, The Twist. Welcome to the Don Pravda and Erica Gray Show. I'm going to warn you folks, what you're about to listen to is going to defy world opinion. But you're getting independent thought on this show today. And I'm going to welcome, for the first time, Don Pravda.
1: This is Don Pravda, member of the Screen Actors Guild, commentator, narrator, and now I'm with you, the ancestor of a relative who was in Siberia for many years and left for America, and now never has been a time more dramatic, interesting, with opportunities As in this generation, we're going to speak about this generation, its possibilities, and we're going to focus on Russia and the Ukraine.
0: Yes, and our top dog who we voted in this uh, multipolar empire race is Vladimir Putin. Vladimir Putin set the tone. Actually, he turned things around. Wouldn't you agree, Don, that things got turned around? Here you had all these sanctions being threatened, And, and I personally at the time thought that those sanctions would probably just completely crush Russia. But boy, you want to talk about a comeback kid when he went and met with Xi Jinping? Did you see the skip in his step?
1: I saw the smile. So a little more weight. Maybe there's a little more vodka in his step, but Vladimir is number one, and he has a lot of money.
0: First, the agreement, huge agreement with China. The meeting with China, taking a stand against the U.S. and European Union's position on the NATO and... And Ukraine, setting a tone for providing another blueprint of this age of empires. I I gotta say, he really won up. He came out as top dog. He's not afraid of these sanctions, and you gotta really hand it to him.
1: And he has the fourth largest amount of reserves in the world as the leader of Russia. Uh, Vladimir's experienced. He's very popular at home, and there's very little to stop him. And wouldn't you agree, Erica? What's next? for vladimir
0: this war in ukraine or this possible war this is not the united states business i think we're going to give the biggest gaffe on the world stage to i'll let you announce who's our biggest gaffe on the world stage who's making the biggest mistake right now
1: well we're going to we're going to encourage president joseph biden jr to change his mind
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah biggest gaffe on the world stage well, let's face it, the crisis that's happening in the Ukraine is between Russia and Europe. This is between Russia and the European Union, those two empires. It is not anything for the United States. And I was really just shocked at a report. Uh, Republican Adam Kinzinger stated, we have to shut down Nord Stream 2 Regardless of what happens in Ukraine. And the audacity, the nerve, as if the United States rules the world, that they have the power to shut down Nord Stream 2, which is a project that five European companies are involved in. It's between the German government and Russia. It's a sweet deal for Germany because it reduces their gas prices. And now the United States is just gonna go in there and shut it down. Your thoughts on that, Don?
1: Well, how about uh, keeping it open? Open for business, like it's a gasoline station on Sunday. Keep it open, let Vladimir have his ways, and why don't we talk peace with Vladimir?
0: That's another thing. How
1: about not guns? How about peace? Uh, Perhaps uh, Joe Biden Vladimir Putin should have a beer or a glass of vodka in Alaska. We'll meet halfway and start drinking and we'll throw in if they need coffee, no problem.
0: When you talk about in the United States, we have all these conspiracy theories. I've come to the conclusion from my observation, and by the way, I've been following geopolitics, world affairs for some time, that this rhetoric that comes from the U.S. media, U.S. think tanks, and and the U.S. State Department. It's sounding like a conspiracy theory. We hear about these theories and you never see them come to pass, the people that believe in them, and yet they still believe them. And it's sounding like a big conspiracy theory because if you look at Putin, he's been the president for 19 years. For all this talk of now from Ukraine, he may go into Eastern Europe and Russian aggression. Ukraine, that is a major complicated issue there. It was called Little Russe. You've Russia Russian speakers there. And this whole thing started over an economic agreement, in Russia and the European Union. And Russia, Putin has been really hard trying, making relations with the United States, or, or really, he sent out the olive branch, I don't know how many times, and he just keeps getting ignored. Your thoughts?
1: Well, don't ignore him. How about that? And uh, let's go back, and I'm sure Vladimir knows his history. Peter the Great annexed the Ukraine. And in fact, the, the Orthodox Church of Russia embraced him. So they've been together a long time. There's a mutual history. There's a commonality. And of course, we do believe people should be free, independent of thought, and should have their own way of life, their own set of rules. But I don't see how Russia is going to Ruin this country. Perhaps it's going to make it stronger, and will welcome this system of life, which encourages freedom of religion. The religious institutions, the synagogues and the churches and other faiths are welcome and are protected.
0: Well, one thing I want to say about Vladimir, your background is with the Orthodox Jewish community in New York right. City. My background sure. is with the evangelicals, the evangelical Christians in the United States, and uh, Putin is actually seeming more conservative on the social issues and. More more oh. in line with the evangelicals than anyone else right now or any leader who's alive. I mean, how do you feel as from the Orthodox Jewish community? Are his policies more in line with Orthodox Judaism as far as yes. the social and moral issues?
1: The real the real leader of the Jewish world in, in Russia is from the Lubavitch community at 770 Eastern Parkway. The gentleman speaks with Vladimir Putin every week. We understand he gives assurances that the Jewish community is protected. They will be able to study Torah. There'll be no interference. And there's been some brotherhood within the the world of Christianity and and Judaism in Russia, which is is really a a most pleasant commentary considering the past, which was virtually diabolical, as you've read about uh, the time of uh, Stalin and World War II, and then consequently the era of Brezhnev for religious freedom was not being tolerated.
0: Well, in my opinion... Vladimir Putin is misunderstood, he's misjudged. There is, as uh, Sergei Lavrov has stated, a Russia phobia, and it's really unfair, and that's why we're on this channel talking about Ukraine, talking about Putin. We don't care about public opinion, do we? No, we're just independent thinkers. Based on what I've been following, what I've noticed with Putin is not what they're saying in the media. As a matter of fact, I think he's an excellent leader, he's a very strong leader for Russia. He loves his country. I think he's really been given a bum deal from the United States, who will not let go of a Cold War mentality. Our foreign policy—we're beginning to look like Keystone Cops. Not beginning; we've looked like Keystone Cops for some time now. And our foreign policy is almost—we're trying to maintain this American supremacy. And we'd be better off just staying out of this issue with Ukraine and Russia and the. European Union, and and then the contradiction that we are along with Europe because we're all for this democracy, but it's known within the EU that the institutional structure is undemocratic, so the EU is not even fully democratic. So why are we stating we're for democracy and we're along with our allies? when they're not even democratic. We don't even have a full democracy. We're starting to tell people what they can do, what they can't do, what statues you can have up, what statues you can't have up. Where is that democracy?
1: Well, where is our democracy? Our democracy is changing. It's been a most interesting experience since the time of 1776 and when George Washington became the first president in uh, 1789. And now it's a very different generation and time in the world. We're growing, we're evolving Thought is instantaneous. Instant world connections by by thought transmitted by radio, television, cable, and thousands of cable televisions. You you have a choice of watching. And now it's a very dynamic time in the world. I think it's time to have peace in the world. And I'd say let's get together and have that cup of coffee, maybe a beer. In fact, let's have a few beers without the alcohol, so the the leaders can function.
0: Uh, Done. Yeah. Uh, We don't advocate beer on our faith.
1: We don't, we don't advocate the beer. That's what she's saying. I think i don't have to take that okay, part out how about, with the beer. How about, okay, the, uh, how about uh, the coffee with uh, almond milk, soy milk, coconut milk? You can have your choice, and <laughs> and we should have it all together in this world and join.
0: Sergei Lavrov actually stated today that we, he stated, quote, we publicly proclaimed that we are, now this is after the fall of the Berlin Wall, when the Soviet Union then became Russia. After that time, he stated we publicly proclaim that we are no longer adversaries, that we are building some kind of common future in a transparent manner, that we are fighting terrorism together and much more. They answered us, you see, phobias remained after the Soviet period. These phobias need to be calmed. We will accept them into NATO and they will immediately calm down and become your good neighbors. We were also told this about Poland when Poland joined NATO, but exactly the opposite happened. I've listened to Putin through the years you know, just sending out the olive branch. There was a really great letter that he had in the New York Times years ago. Another time I listened to him, he said that no matter how much he talks, he's ignored. And he has been ignored. Nobody's paid attention. According to the Bible, it says that you know a person by their actions. And if you look at Putin's actions concerning other countries, you see that the only countries there have been issues with are border countries of Russia. And Ukraine is very... Very geostrategic, not only for Russia, but also for the European Union. And so this is a conflict that really needs to be resolved. And then you also have NATO missiles that could potentially face Russia from NATO. That's totally unacceptable. But even if you eliminate that piece of NATO, there's many issues here from association agreements. There was the one between Europe that got adopted, but there was also the one that Russia had presented. And there's also the issue of the the lease of the pipeline. I mean, there's many, many issues here. And again, needs to be resolved with Russia and what does the United States do? But we've got to come in and put our foot where it doesn't belong. This is why the U.S. is declining, by the way. You know that the U.S. is declining, Don, right?
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: It's only a matter of days before the dollar is no longer the reserve. And my prediction is you're going to see the euro. They're doing some very major moves in the European Union. By 2023 will be the capital markets union, the banking union, which is going to provide the final pieces for the euro for a multipolar currency system. So you've got the euro that's going to most likely surpass the dollar because we're racking up so much debt. We're making so many mistakes. You got to admit, it's pretty impressive that with crushing sanctions, Vladimir Putin is remaining strong and you got to hand him that. But in my opinion, the United States is so stupid and there's no other word for it. When Europe has 84 trade agreements and the United States only has 20 and you have the European Union also working with a a major pact with the African Union, it would be in the United States' best interest to repair relations with Russia, do away with Russia phobia, do away with this fictitious looking for the enemy, and try to restore relations and even an economic pact with Russia. And if you look at Russia and its history, you know, you have the Moscow interbank currency Exchange, the Moscow Exchange. These are more recent developments where Russia is also trying to build its economy. You have the the Eurasian Union with Russia. As a matter of fact, there is a pending agreement right now with Israel uh, for that union. So you see, again, these things are ignored of Russia building its economy. And what do you have, instead of being smart, the United States being smart and having, good relations with this other empire. No, we've got to be stupid. We've got to do something that's just going to further erode our, our position. Your thoughts?
1: Well, when you come down to it, do we even need NATO? This is not the 1950s. This is 2022 in a new area. And hopefully there's going to be some enlightenment. The world is spinning. The world is changing. It's not the past. It's the present. And we have to wake up to these changes. We have to acknowledge that we do not want to be at war with Russia. How wise is it to have nuclear missiles pointed at the former Soviet Union.
0: The other thing when you mention NATO is many Europhiles have stated through the years, the, the various Europhiles within the European project have actually stated that they didn't want NATO because they wanted to form their own army. Europe will have a completed army by March. Its strategic compass will give it boots on the ground. The Lisbon Treaty established PESCO, and a solid infrastructure which they've been building upon piece by piece. So NATO is not going to be relevant once Europe really establishes their army. Where is NATO going to be needed? You've got 27 nations within the European Union. And with 27 nations within the European Union, where's NATO? What you have with these Europeans is they pay lip service to NATO, to the Americans, when really they're building their own military.
1: We're not going to enter another war. We've, had, we've just left two of them for 20 years' wars. Iraq and Afghanistan, a terrible mistake. Let's pray to God that troops are not sent in from the West, that we let Russia handle its own affairs this time. Let's not interfere. NATO is very outdated Let's. We should feel. Let's come together and let's win as a team. There's plenty of ways to compromise, which is something well, I noted. Well, wait comes, a minute.
0: Yeah, but yeah. There, there's no compromise here, Don. Well, there's. It's. It's NATO. It's. Wait a minute. It is NATO's way or the highway. It's the West's way or the highway. There is no compromising with Vladimir Putin on those missiles. None. None. No compromise about Ukraine, as I had stated in an article, and as Putin had stated, we wouldn't like missiles from Mexico or Canada facing our country. But, you know, the same standards that we have for ourselves, we don't apply to Russia. We say Russia, with its history, has no say concerning Ukraine, with the Russian speakers and that are within Ukraine, etc. But yet if California were to decide to leave our Union and were to decide to establish itself as a country or were to be taken over by another country or form a liaison like with the European Union, we would not like it. We would probably fight to keep California in the Union. And I just find it interesting, that the Bible talks about, do unto others as you would have done unto you. But in our foreign policy, we do to Russia what we don't expect of ourselves or what we don't expect within our own country, or even the standards we have towards our relations with other countries, such, such as with Israel.
1: I think 20 years of war is long enough between America and Afghanistan, which was a the ending was a catastrophe. Iraq continues. We have very few people there. But what did the war accomplish? But a axis. Access- a Shia alignment of Iran and Iraq. Yeah, we have right. some real mental
0: yeah. geniuses in our State Department, yeah, right. don't we?
1: It's only, uh, it's not that long ago that people in the same corner that I was walking on Manhattan, all eight of us, started talking to each other at the red light. And one gentleman said, we have to take everybody out of the White House and start anew. Another said, throw them all out of the State Department. And then another gentleman thought, why is New York City paying for the United Nations? Well, I guess one of the reasons is they are in Manhattan. That could be, but how about an era of enlightenment? How about an era of purpose? And maybe there's room, how about this, for kindness in this world? What do you think, Erica?
0: Well, unfortunately, you know, we're told that the nations will rise against nation in our Bible, and that's, I think, what we're seeing, only I put the blame on the United States here, and I know that we're probably going to get hunted for after this show with our viewpoint, but that's just too bad. I'm telling it like I see it. We're both independent. I'm not Republican. Republican. I'm not Democrat. I'm an independent. And I have more of a global perspective because I don't feed on U.S. media or U.S. think tanks. And with my global perspective and with my research, this is how I see it. So I'm speaking it how I see it. And you, Mr. Pravda.
1: Yes. and, And I would say, let's not leave out the fact that there's a growing relationship between Russia and Israel. It's a good one. It's growing. It's manifesting. And let's not forget, there's a lot of Russian Jews in Israel. There's room to grow. It has a, That alliance has an outstanding future. We should build upon this.
0: Are there? How about the Russian Jews that are in Russia? Is there a good number still in Russia?
1: Of course, that's what we're referring to. The, Sorry, the Jewish people in, in, well, let's start in the big city in Moscow. And how about in the former uh, Leningrad, which is St. Petersburg? There's plenty of Jewish people there. There's Torah that's being learned. We have permanent community we have rabbis that are still there. Not every Jew from Russia has gone to Israel, but that will continue to happen. So how about a commerce between Russia and Israel? How about the Jewish people exchanging trade? How about a few music contests between the Jews and Russia? <laughs> Wait, and the but there Jew- is the, the but,
0: Eurasian Union. They're joining. Yes, there Israel is. Israel has is got a pack there. You really had liked, on that New York Times article on February 4th to guard against sanctions. Putin built a huge rainy day fund by Max Fisher, And you had a really interesting comment after you read about that. And uh, if you would like to relay in our closing minutes, what is your comment about that article? And you also made an interesting observation about Biden in comparison to Vladimir Putin.
1: Well, this this nation of Russia has reserves. They have reserves in gold now in euros, cash, yes, in the Chinese currency. Uh, They've been saving for a rainy day by the way. They, they know that this happens. There are droughts. There are bad years. There are sanctions against Russia, and they're preparing for it. It's not like they don't understand what has happened, what may happen. So they have a, Putin and his colleague have a very healthy outlook for the future. They have the money in the reserve, and uh, they are simply ready to, to deal.
0: And what was your opinion of Biden in comparison?
1: I think uh, Mr. Biden, who I've met many times when I was younger, is a little sleepy right now. Now, I think he sh- they should wake him up. And, well, I liked you saying uh, to me
0: that little, he was a hick in well, comparison to how sophisticated Vladimir Putin is. That's well, what you actually said to uh, me.
1: Despite the fact that our President Biden has been vice president for eight years and president for one year, at this era, I think Mr. Putin is ahead of the game. I think he's a few notches ahead of Mr. Biden. I hope that'll change one day. There's a little bit more parody There's a some more equanimity. But right now, uh, Putin is ahead of the game, and it's not years ago with uh, Gorbachev and Reagan. It's now. It's not Iceland. It's Russia. It's the Ukraine, Israel, and America, the European Union. Who's going to win? You know something? I hope we all win. They all win. We don't want casualties. We want death. We don't want blood. I
0: don't know that that's going to happen. There might yet be an invasion, but it's geostrategic. If you look at many of the things involved there, it's very geostrategic what Russia is doing. Again, when the United States needs to stay out of it, and this is between the European Union and Russia, our opinion is that Vladimir Putin, Russia, now the top dog, one-upped the United States and EU. We know our opinion is politically incorrect, but folks, we want you to really take an objective look, not listening to the media, the U.S. media, the State Department, and really analyzing what the State State Department is saying what the media is saying, and look for look at the facts for yourself. He's been president for 19 years, and where are the wars of this opposed enemy and the conquering and Russia wanting to establish its this empire? You know, I was listening to Vladimir Putin speak, and you had to see the hatred and the contempt in this British journalist. That no, you knew that no matter what the man said. This woman just had so much hatred and contempt. She wasn't listening to the words. I've listened, I've watched the actions and the actions are not what the US has been crying about for all these years or many years now. Don, do you have any final thoughts?
1: First of all, Mr. Putin has been respecting the religious traditions of Russia. If one wants to be an Orthodox Christian, one may go to their church in peace. I realize there's some limitations. For instance, here's an example. The head of the Lubavitch Orthodox Hasidic Jewish movement speaks to Mr. Putin every week. I realize there are some constraints. However... The Jewish people are granted freedom in Russia. They have the rights to go to synagogue, to have kosher food, to study Torah. And this is a big change from the past, where spiritual rights were violated. And those who cherished their spiritual traditions were sent to prison, often never to be heard from again.
0: So till next time, folks, stay tuned for more. And I think that me and Mr. Pravda are going to go into hiding after this show. Tune in next time for more from Don Pravda and Erica Gray for their twist on world news.